Greetings fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension, this is The Greatest Show in the Galaxy. I'm Mike, she's Emma, and in this episode we'll talk about the pyramid at the end of the world. Oh my goodness. Well, it's sort of in the middle of the world, to be honest, rather than at the end. Mm. Um, just to be pedantic. So, yes, here we find us. Now we've had our prologue, it's time for the middle bit. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. the beginning of the middle bit, I suppose. Mm. Or the end of the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Anyway, I don't know. So, anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, where should we start with this one? Right. Okay. So, when I watched this, I was quite enjoying yeah. it. Yes. But after it was finished, I found a lot of problems about it. I completely agree. Yes. But then I found out about what happened behind the scenes. Yes, that too. So, this is. <sighs> I think this is going to be a bit of a difficult one to talk about because there's a lot wrong with it. Yes. But well, should we should we talk hmm. should we talk quickly about this thing that that happened that that's changed a lot of it? So yeah. So when this was being written, obviously this is a, a co-write between Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat. Um, Stephen Moffat's mother unfortunately took ill and passed away, mm-hmm. and. He actually had to type the final draft himself at his mother's hospital bedside days before the filming began. So I think with a bit more time, um, or if they'd sort of maybe, I don't know, pushed back filming of it or something, then I think a lot of the problems that rise up from this episode's narrative could have been resolved. Yeah. Um, And I think that's going to probably going to have a very bad effect on like how. I end up scoring this because it's sort of like it's kind of hard to know where to stand on it if you know what I mean. Yeah. Also, um, the you had the the thing that in the wake of the terrorist attack in Manchester, mm-hmm. there was this episode was re-edited. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple of lines taken out. Um, the bit where the doctor's talking, where they're spitballing about what could end the world and they come up with the uh, the biochemical mm-hmm. angle. Um, Bill suggests some sort of terrorist attack, essentially. Yeah. Um, when when they made the announcement that this episode was going to be altered um, mm. and they said, oh, it doesn't matter, it's not going to take, any, you know, it's not going to change the meaning of anything and we said, okay. Mm-hmm. But much like the uh, the Sherwood episode where the exact, where we had the exact same thing happen to that episode. Yeah. It kind of does actually. I've seen the the what it would have originally been. Um, mm-hmm. We were able to get a, a copy of that, and it does change the flow of that scene. Right. Um, it it does change it in the because in you, as you watch it now, the doctor kind of seems to pluck biochemical out of the air mm. and just sort of hit immediately on the right answer. Whereas the scene as it would have been originally put out makes more sense, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, <clears throat> we have to kind of, in in a way, maybe in obviously with regards to what happened to Stuart, uh, to Stuart uh, Bam and things like that, um, we have to kind of regard it a bit like fear her then in that way, yeah. in that you know fear her was thrown together essentially at the last minute when the proposed Stephen Fry episode fell through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Obviously, we have to. You have to judge it on the merit of the thing. You know, in the context of the season, you can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. And I think when it, for me, comes to scoring it, um, you have to just go with what you see. Really, you can't. 
sort of chain, you know, sort of go in this, this hypothetical episode that they would have written had things not, not turned out the way they did. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I entirely agree with you, though. This this episode has got quite a few problems, I think, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do you want to begin? <laughs> uh, well, I think I want to sort of talk a little bit about this whole idea of what's happening in to to oh, how do you pronounce it hang on it's like term to mezistan they yeah. call they call it right which is sort of like a mishmash of Turkmenistan and mm-hmm. all those stan countries in the, sort of in the sort of between uh, china and the middle east yeah. um so this kind of happens a little bit out of the blue for me mm. i had a little bit of a problem there's some sort of thing that the the Russians, the Americans, and the Chinese are all sitting in different chunks of this country, essentially. Yeah. And it's going to be some sort of confrontation. So I feel like we've had a whole episode of prologue in Extremis. Mm-hmm. So it seems a little bit to ill-serve the episode that we don't really have any build-up to this. I feel like you could have... In the six episodes that precede it, you could have had something on the radio in the background or Bill watching the news or something. And it's something about this this build-up, this military tension that's happening because it just feels like it's a bit like out of the blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. When it said, you know, this is like a crisis point and it's sort of like, why? What What's yeah. going on here that yeah. warrants this military build-up? It's well, just, especially... Yeah. Especially if you've got like the you know like the Chinese sitting there, like the the People's Liberation Army is sitting outside the gates, as well as the Russians and the Americans. Mm. It just seems so. It's such a. It, it, I mean, because obviously the world as we know it in, in Doctor Who, the Earth as we know it, mm-hmm. and we talked a bit about this last week, and I'll probably talk a bit about it again this week. The world as we know it is sort of roughly along the same lines as our world. So for them to those three groups to be sitting somewhere looking at each other is gonna is, is extremely significant mm-hmm. so you like i say you, you've you've gone to the, the the bother of doing a whole prologue episode in extremis to, to set this all up yeah so i feel like you could have you could have tried to give us a little bit of indication that something's happening in the world there that sort of justifies this this happening mm-hmm. and uh, i mean in terms of tone the Tamezistan bits mm-hmm. um it most it most feels like it almost feels like they're aping themselves by kind of trying to copy paste the Saigon inversion invasion again yeah yeah i know it's because when it said Tamezistan or wherever the hell it is i thought yeah. oh that's from the Zygon two-parter last year well last series mm. um so I, d- I don't know whether it's just sort of like de facto go to fictional middle eastern country mm. for crisis points or whatever um yeah but it's just I, it's so weird i mean i i can understand sort of like having these it would, like i said the, 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 there's no um real reason as such for the for these three armies to be converging i could understand if it was just like a case of the pyramid suddenly arrives like bang in the center and, and everybody's going in to investigate yeah and i don't know whether there's some sort of like struggle of who's gonna like do what mm. um but the the fact that there's no build-up to this at all is just was like huh? 
yeah. I mean, and as well, it kind of in as well in the universe that we sort of understand of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. it kind of, it doesn't make it doesn't really make a lot of sense for these for these people to be the ones who are there, yeah. because every other thing that we've seen, it's not the regular army that turns up; it's Unit. Yeah, where's Unit? Where's Unit? I mean, I can understand that Gemma Redgrave had like a scheduling conflict. Because you get anyone was, else? Yeah, that's. That was, I was going to say that it doesn't matter about. Doesn't you don't have to have Kate Stewart or Osgood there. It could just be like some rando unit personnel saying, "Oh, you know, they're back at HQ monitoring things." You know, they couldn't like they they would be out here themselves, but unfortunately, they've got this other thing. You, you didn't have to like just omit them altogether. Yeah. I mean, the the sensible. I mean, again, I think we, it's going to be one of these episodes, a bit like a knock knock on the pilot, that we end up rewriting as we go along. Mm. But um, I feel like it would have been far more sensible, yeah, to have it's the fact that the world governments, you know, the governments of the world are the ones who are kicking off about this, and unit are kind of keeping everyone away from the pyramid, but mm-hmm. people are threatening to come in and take it and things like that. So. Yeah. You could definitely, you could still have a source of tension, or you know, you can definitely say that this is some sort of conference. You know, the the pyramid's arrival is the thing that seems to be mm-hmm. um, the thing that might be the the trigger that moves the world into World War Three. Mm-hmm. But they sort of imply that everyone was there already, and the pyramid just turned up. Yeah. So if that's if that's the way you're going to go, you've got to give us a bit of background to so that sort of pays off mm-hmm. otherwise you're just going oh what are they all doing there oh the pyramid's there anyway yeah. i mean it makes it makes sense why the pyramid has arrived there because the pyramids arrived where there seems to be you know that this um you know this confrontation is about to well i mean the the idea that this confrontation is the thing that's gonna kick everything off and that's why the monk you need the monk's help mm-hmm. um so obviously they've picked that deliberately as a as a diversion but yeah yeah i just i don't feel like because they haven't built that up in the six episodes that precede, I don't feel like you get anything out of it other than, you know, I'll hear some convenient people to just, mm. you know, um, move, move, get get us to the point where Bill asks the monks for their help. Yeah. And the, the whole present of Earth thing, right? Yes. You know, okay, so the Doctor's supposed to be in charge of the entire world. And in yet, times of crisis, yeah. in times in times of extreme crisis, which you know, for all intents and purposes, this is. But then you've got the UN Secretary General, and then neither of the military leaders of the three countries are actually going to listen to him. So no. it's it's just I. I don't. Know. But again, I mean, this is why you kind of almost why you want unit there, yeah, because that that are uh, that operation. Mm-hmm. essentially they will they are trained to defer to the doctor i mean because you remember these the people that they've got from the the three armies mm-hmm. are not you know the five the four star general from you know the american side and the equivalents yeah. from the russian and chinese side they i mean the chinese officer is an officer i mean i noticed the american one is an army ranger mm-hmm. he looked like you know sort of mid-ranked i mean i don't know about the you know Russian guys, I don't speak Russian, and I can't read Cyrillic, but, um, you know, they're not the decision makers. It's that thing that the Doctor does of getting just random people to do mm-hmm. these things, because he can talk to them more than he can the the high-ups, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But again, because, yeah, they're not going to listen to him, because these three don't know who this guy is, mm. right? Essentially, as well, once the UN Secretary General goes, who is the one who's saying, look, he's the one who's going to sort this all out, don't worry. Yeah. 
you then have that thing of like, well, we're not going to be listening to you. We've got to do something else. Mm. Um, so again, that to a point, that problem would have been bypassed by having unit there because mm-hmm. they are trying to defer to him essentially, as we've seen in other things now. Yeah. It, yeah. It just it struck me as so bizarre when you know, like I say, the UN Secretary General, you know, says you know, in times of crisis, we we defer to the doctor and then promptly go and ignore any and all advice he tries to give. Uh, apart from like trying to bomb the place. But, you yeah. know, for all that worked out. Although I did, I did actually like that bit, the fact that um, they just sort of plucked, like, the bomb out of the air and then they went and did the same with the submarine just to go, yeah, no. Yeah, I did like that. I, I thought that was a cool a cool effect. I mean, I've got to say, although... I mean, something that struck me about this, I mean, those effects were nice, mm-hmm. but I feel like the episode budget hurt a bit everywhere else because like that FOB the Ford F Orion base that the Russians have got mm-hmm. which is just a marquee and a desk <laughs> yeah you know they're obviously trying to save a few quid and I mean you know they've got one Land Rover mm-hmm. and you know one room mm. so I feel like there was some there was some budgets I mean you don't really feel like you want to say that a lot with Doctor Who these days but yeah I really felt like there was a bit of a budget squeeze going on in this one because mm-hmm. they spent all their money on the B-52 model and the nuclear sub-model and the pyramid and all this sort of thing, so... Yeah, it was, it was all the fibre optic cables the monks had. I think that's what yeah, cost exactly. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, I was... So, um, one thing that I think actually worked really well, when you're digging... There was two things I liked about this episode mm-hmm. a lot, and it was things that... The episode was... It wasn't subtext, so to speak, but it's bits, I think, of the episode that you probably... It's it's not the main thrust of it. I mean the the um, the first thing I think about you know the the doctor's little speech at the beginning about you know the that this will be the last time you walk through a door and things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, not a fun episode to watch if you were an anxious person because mm-hmm. this is what I think about every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's definitely brought to brought to um, mind. Do you remember the beginning of the old Survivors? Right. You remember yeah. the old, yeah. I mean, because the the episodes always began with like this thing of like it's just the only explanation they give for what happens with the sort of ultra flu that um, they get in the old survivors is that it's someone in a lab and he just drops a test tube, mm-hmm. and then it all goes from there. So yeah. that's kind of what it sort of reminded me of. But um, yeah, the whole I think of you know one one person who loses their reading glasses and one person who's extremely hungover. And one misplaced decimal point. And mm. Yeah. Although I do have a lot of questions about that lab. I mean, what lab vents to the atmosphere when yeah. you've got... Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole lab sequence. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Where the hell do we start with this? Okay, so you've got Douglas, possibly the worst mm-hmm. scientist ever. Well, the most hungover scientist ever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're hungover and you're working in a, like a... A, a bio lab you'd think you'd take the day off you're not well, going to be operating at your best surely i've gone to i've got small confession time i've gone to work that hungover <laughs> and, uh, but you're, you're not working like in a biochemical, a biochemical place. lab no yeah. um but uh you know you have to manage <laughs> but yeah um i agree with you on that point um erica gets her glasses smashed obviously yeah but she doesn't have a spare pair no obviously not um, 
Right. Okay. Um. Where, right. Where else? Where else? Where else? Okay. So, I'll go. But going back to Douglas. Right. Okay. He, he takes off his protection suit in a quarantined airlocked area, and we'll get onto the airlocks mm-hmm. in a bit. When he realizes something's wrong, he runs through both doors of the airlocks, leaving them wide open, which is not how airlocks work. Right. So whatever's inside can get out. Yes. He scoops up like the sludge from the dead plants. And sort of covers it with his hands and then goes bolting back out through the airlock doors, which, again, that's not how airlocks are supposed to work in these situations. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, my God. It's What a mess. What an absolute mess that is. This is the, the worst lab in, in human history. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was just silly. I mean, I think, I'm looking at the reaction on Twitter, I feel like there were a lot of people who were, like, you know, giving the episode a pass and sort of saying, okay, it's a bit... It's a bit slower, but that's all right. Until the like you say, the stuff in the in the lab, it kind of takes away your uh, suspension of disbelief a bit, doesn't mm. it? Um, because, like I say, obviously it's it's that way for plot convenience, but yeah. no no lab on earth operates this way. I think it, it, the the suspension of disbelief in my case is because obviously we do have places that do this, so. You know, it's it's not like sort of like the pyramid itself, where you know it's a fantastical object. So you're sort of like willing to get it to go. Yeah, okay, it's fine. Yeah, okay. It's science fiction. But when you have these like locations and institutions in real life, and they have like proper full procedures about how things are supposed to be handled, I mean, I think that's like isn't that like how the whole foot and mouth thing started yeah. because somebody ended up pouring the wrong thing down the wrong drain. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So you know they've got these like massive procedures in place to keep the general population safe, and I mean yeah, obviously you know plot convenience and all that, and the whole thing's supposed to be like the the true threat to humanity and the whole stuff with the pyramids, sort of like the red herring. Mm. But I mean, even like like even just like he's thinking about it more like there's no sort of like decontamination procedures. Or it's also completely wrong. I mean, I'm I'm no like biochemist or anything like that. I, I most of my knowledge comes through watching like TV and stuff. Yeah, but time, yeah. you know, it's it's sort of like it's standard operating procedure. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, obviously, well, I mean, yeah. Obviously, you've got to like, expedite things for the sake of television because you know it's only a 45, 46 minute show. But you know, when it's that sort of blatant about it you can't not go hang on you know and i think that's yeah. i think that's what sort of ruins it for me is no it's just because it's just there's so many sort of glaring problems yeah and it, it's just it's not enough to simply go well you know it's television it, you can't help it, it it sticks it sticks in your head it does yeah um, it, it's that kind of sort of reflexive wrongness. I don't know. I, I agree. You you uh, you hit the nail on the head there. Absolutely. I mean, you know, like I've worked in places that have airlock door systems, and you mm-hmm. can't physically open the second inside door until the first one is locked. You yeah. know, so it's stuff like that. It, it's not a case of oh, people who've you know never worked at the lab, and you say, okay, well, I guess just some shitty place. It it might be like this, but mm-hmm. no, it's. It's fundamental stuff, and mm-hmm. it's and it's just kind of plot work essentially to get this stuff out. Yeah, do you see what I mean? Um, 
So when it's because it it feels lazy writing wise, but again you've got you then you thinking about the circumstances led up to this episode being the way it is possibly, mm-hmm. and would that have been fixed, you know, in a later draft or if they'd had more time and things like that. So um, it, it's impossible to say, but mm-hmm. unfortunately that is that is what they've chosen to put out on on telly, so we can only judge it from that. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, you know, and I thought the characters were quite fun. And I mean, I definitely like the the whole butterfly effect causing, you know, sort of causing the effect type storyline. Mm-hmm. I feel that that's an interesting thing. Um, but, you know, if, if you can't write the lab right, then, you know, have the doctor go back in time and <laughs> stop them from breaking their glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Even if that had happened, that would have been fine. Do you know what I mean? I mean, obviously, you can't actually rely on the Doctor to like, know where the whole chain of events began. But at the same time, you sort of think, well, he's supposed to be able to see all of time and space. But, you know, yeah, so it's it's one of those things. Um, but the, the other thing, the other way I thought this could have worked was, you know, we sort of know these monks have some sort of, like, reality warping powers. This is what I was thinking when you had, like, the bits of, like, the security camera overlooking yeah. the lab and you could like see the monk inside I thought maybe it's one of their manipulating events so it happens and then they have to get humanity to consent to getting them to help but that doesn't yeah. seem to be the case no because I feel like the monks like you say with the reality warping they obviously have great deal of technology and power but I didn't think it was a fact it was a thing of they put they they've just like game planned every scenario and therefore they can see sort of the the different direction that those sort of those events happen have so that's what all those threads are you see mm-hmm. what i mean so yeah um i think i would have been actually better if you say if you see that they've game planned the thing out so you see like one of their like an agent of theirs actually set these if chain of events in motion if you see what i mean mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel like there's there's better solutions. I mean, that's the problem. When you're sitting here coming up with better solutions for um, what they've what they've put on screen, it's it's difficult mm-hmm. because, yeah, it, it, it's it's hard to um, sort of judge it objectively almost. You're sitting there going, oh, what about this? What about that? If you see, mm-hmm. if you yeah, see yeah, what yeah. I mean. Um, the other thing I really want to talk about in this episode is this whole notion of consent. Yeah, okay, so... Um... Pretty much none of the consent in that is consent. Not even, like, Bill's consent is really arguably consent because she's doing it under duress. Yeah. But they they see it as pure, in inverted commas, because the other, way, the, cause the other ones that get obliterated is because the UN Secretary General is consenting because he's frightened. Mm-hmm. And the other three are consenting out of strategy. Yeah. Right, so in the idea that okay, we'll lose this battle, but we will win the war in in the long run. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they deem Bill's consent pure because she's doing it from a place of save the doctor. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I don't know why she doesn't get obliterated. Also. Yeah. Cause... Because she's got an ulterior motive still. Yeah. But and... the reason why it's sort of. Well, I mean, I was I, I wish they sort of played this up then because. Yeah. They, if this is about consent, what the what the episode is saying, this is actually about uninformed consent. Mm-hmm. That you're giving your you're giving it because you and you haven't got the full spectrum of facts. Yeah. 
right? So are, is the, so why not then make this episode more a satire on, okay, so Brexit and the Trump election then? Yeah. Because those are the two biggest examples, arguably, and I'm sure there'll be people will be quite enraged by this idea <laughs> of uninformed consent. Yeah, it's uh, uh, th- again. I think this it's it seems to be a case of like something was missing from this episode. Like, if it's been like said that the monks aren't genuinely looking for consent, they're just looking for desperation. Yes. The the problem is, like they say, they say sort of like you must love us or something but yeah. you know how how can you do and even then like the the bit where they grab like the fiber optic cables and they're shown the future you know you don't know that that's the actual future yeah i mean that's the thing it, it i mean the problem is you they've seen this is sort of a the ultimate flim flam in which case then the doctor needs to be the one who's who's pushing that angle because mm-hmm. it's that thing of it, this is essentially like a protect at the moment it's coming across as like a protection racket yeah in the you know obviously we we are the only ones who can keep you safe pay us we'll look after you sort mm-hmm. of thing the old kind of mafia thing right so yeah. if that's their angle mm-hmm. then it's that thing of someone shows up and shows you this amazing thing you know a pl- a putting a b-52 on the ground and plucking a sub out of the sea yeah and so from from this bit of theatre, they then go into the pyramid, which is obviously amazing also, mm-hmm. and are then entirely credulous about the outcome that they've been shown. Yeah. Rather than someone going, hang on a minute, how do yeah. we know this ain't just a bit of CGI you've put on for our... Exactly. For our benefit. I mean, because it, the, fact, the, the total lack of credulity about it is like... is very confusing to me. I mean, obviously, again, it's a thing that has to move the story forward, but mm-hmm. I can't believe that not one person says, hang on a minute, how do we know this is real? Yeah. I mean, especially, also, if you consider that they can, like, do things like pluck a B-52 out of the air, how do you know that that future is what happens when you consent, and they still wipe you out? Mm. And Exactly. There's just so many questions. Yeah. But I feel like the Doctor kind of needs to then step in and say, look, uh, not, but that's the thing you don't hear out of his mouth at one point. Someone put it in the words that a person will understand and say, "This is a racket. This is a protection scheme." Yeah. This is not the first time someone's come to Earth and said basically mm. this. Yeah. I mean, I, know, I, look, I get the feeling that like he tries to do that, but he just gets completely yeah. overridden. But yeah. he doesn't. He doesn't like phrase it well enough, though. Do you know what I mean? If that makes yeah. sense, like he doesn't really sort of like go into detail. He doesn't even like say something like, "Hang on, we've seen this potential future." That doesn't mean it's actually true. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. You don't know that it won't happen because you submit to these monks. It just seems like it's almost like he's not putting up that much of a fight. No, he's really not. It does. I mean, that is quite what's quite weird about this episode. What I'm saying is, he's not working. I don't feel like the Doctor's really working particularly hard with this. But I feel like one of one of the aspects of that is because he doesn't take this seriously at all. Because mm. to him, it's so obviously a scam. Mm. You know, and it's like he can't make anyone else see what he sees. If you see what I mean. Yeah, you know, it, it, well, I mean, I feel like that he's just gonna, you know, he's gonna say, "Look, it's obviously a scam." Here's the thing, and the people are gonna turn around and go, "Yes, doctor, you're absolutely right. Fuck you guys and piss off, right?" Yeah. But 
they don't and he doesn't by the time he sort of realizes that the humans aren't going to buy his line of just chill out mm-hmm. you know they they haven't got anything going you know they haven't got any uh any teeth. sort of uh teeth yes exactly yeah. um you know but I, I just feel like I wish he played up this whole idea of like, look at the theatre that they're putting on for you. This whole mm-hmm. thing with the doomsday clock, yeah. the pyramid, the B fifty two, the sub, the the everything like this. It's just all for show. Yeah. To frighten you, and you know, I feel like he, when he put all the top secret stuff online, I feel like it says he's like, you lot Google the claws of Axos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, if if this had been units, they would have had files on that. Surely. Yeah, and the doctor would have said, do you remember that? Yep, I remember that. Fuck them, and they can all get lost. And then everybody would have gone, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, right, Jesus. That was a movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I, just, I feel like the doctor is comes in at 50% on this. Mm-hmm. And I, mean, I don't know, I feel like because it's that sort of middle episode thing. Yeah. Um, because I, I sort of feel inclined to give the story, although we've sort of ripped it to shreds so far, um, I feel I, I feel kind of harsh doing it a little bit because there may yet be answers in episode eight that sort of give us more context. Yeah. I mean, I think this, will, not... this will stand and fall on how this little story arc concludes. Yes, absolutely, yeah. Um but I think in the moment, obviously, we are just talking about this one episode. We don't yeah. really know what's going to happen next week. So we have to sort of like judge this one on its own merits, just like we yes, had to do with yeah. before it. Um, so, yeah, you mean, this could all come good by the end of The Lie of the Land. Well, I think by the, I think maybe it could be at the end of The Lie of the Land. We understand a little bit more why the Doctor kind of didn't work harder, <laughs> in inverted, yeah. you know, um, a little bit. And... Um, I mean, I understand Bill and I understand Nardole, but I mean, I'm wondering if there's a little bit of maybe something else the Doctor, you know, and exactly, I mean, I don't feel I'm entirely clear on what the Monk's ultimate objective is. So, you know, this whole this whole thing of, you know, the Doctor asked those questions, you know, about what is consent, why, what is pure consent, mm-hmm. you know, what, what are you going to what are you here for essentially what are they getting out of this what is worth all this effort yeah you know i i feel like like you're entirely right we have to judge this exactly you know for what we see in front of us and you can't sort of say oh well we're going to give it a better score because the lie of the land might explain it mm-hmm. but i feel like it, it could be that we see the lie of the land and then sort of understand a little bit more of this whole consent i mean because i'm really tripping up on this whole consent idea yeah I mean, and I think, for me, the biggest trip up for me is Bill's consent. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a shock of a cliffhanger, sure. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. It seems kind of wrong for Bill. Do you know what I mean? It does. Like, I could see Amy doing it. I could yeah. see Clara doing it. But I don't know whether Bill has that strong of an attachment to the Doctor to do that i mean she yeah. only found out literally like just minutes before that he was still blind or something yeah. so like, i understand if he actually managed to just like blurt it out some point before that so she goes in with this sort of backup plan as it were sort of this clara-esque backup plan i'll face the yeah. raven do you know what i mean and it sort of ends up screwing everything up but again when you come back to the whole issue of consent she's consenting for another person who's still yeah. 
perfectly capable of making his own choices and saying, no, don't do it. That is not consent. So, and yeah, it's. And and the further fact is, you know, the monks have restored the doctor's eyesight, but under what, like, under what conditions, though? I mean, I don't know whether this will play into the next episode, because obviously, if you've seen the next time teased, it appears. And I have to stress the word appears because obviously we don't know how this episode is going to be structured and whatnot, that he's working for the monks. So yeah, you could presume from him regaining his eyesight via the monks that the condition is he has to work for them. He has to side with them. Yeah. But that's not made entirely clear by the cliffhanger. They no. just say, oh, you've got your sight back. Enjoy it. Watch us build this new world. So I mean, and obviously I think there's a, I think it's like a time a time skip between this one and the next one. So I mean, it might get filled in through flashbacks and what have you. But it's just I don't, mm. yeah yeah. I was to say I mean because like you say it, it it this whole idea of this whole idea it kind of it hangs on something that seems odd for Bill. Mm-hmm. I mean I remember we we were talk, been talking about the last couple of weeks. So I'd be disappointed if Bill didn't clock it herself. Yeah. So yeah, I am slightly disappointed that she didn't clock it herself. Um, I could understand. Yeah. Sorry, I could understand. Like she feels like she owes him one because obviously he saved her life in oxygen and it cost him his eyesight. But even that doesn't, like I say, I think it would have been better had the doctor actually told her the truth like sooner in the episode. Yeah. And she had time to stew on it. But here she's running purely on emotion and she can't, I don't want to say be calculated about it. But but you know then I mean? maybe that maybe that works then because she's yeah. making a snap decision essentially mm-hmm. that she's making a, a panic decision but then it doesn't really jibe with the monk's idea of consent like we keep saying exactly yeah so yeah I think it's it's definitely problematic I I agree with you entirely that you know let's maybe there's something in the lie of the land that sort of helps us understand that more but as like, is that, as taking this as its own thing its own forty three minutes it doesn't really. It doesn't really jibe. Um, mm. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, unfortunately, sometimes, the, especially in Moffat's run, you feel like the, the companion, you, you haven't really earned that level of a companion-doctor relationship, you see what I mean? Mm. For all we know, they've only been to, they've been on these few adventures, you know, um, that we've seen. Yeah. But, you definitely got the impression that, especially with Amy and as well with Clara, that they are off knocking around doing other things off camera, essentially. Yeah. And that it, it's not like it was back. So we were seeing like week one, week two, week three, week four corresponded to episode one, episode two, episode three, episode four. Mm-hmm. Um, so you feel like they've been hanging around much more to kind of earn that level of. The bill, that Bill would panic to the point of the idea of losing the Doctor, mm-hmm. that she would go and do this. Yeah. Because I don't feel like... It, you, you don't feel like we've got to that point in their relationship that they would sort of lay down to that extent for each other. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I feel like we haven't maybe, like you say, it doesn't feel quite earned enough yet. Yeah. If you see what I mean. Um, so, yeah, it's it doesn't help that... They keep emphasizing. I mean, again, but is this? Could you say this is like the monks' theater? That mm-hmm. it doesn't matter 
who consents and who says what. Yeah. It's a point of it's that first sort of thing of making someone submit. Yeah, and it's the first. It's the first action. I mean, because they, in theory, they could have done it when at any point, or they could have done it when the secretary general said so, or the three mm-hmm. army people. But it's the point of no, kill somebody, and then everyone goes, "Oh shit," you know. And yeah. So, you know, maybe you could contextualize it, it as that. Yeah, do it through desperation. Yeah, that yeah. they make it again. It's a psychological. It's starting to break and break people down psychologically. Mm-hmm. So they could have, you know, perhaps they don't even need consent at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I hope they do sort of address their level of technology and their ability, what they can seemingly do, because they can restore a Time Lord's eyesight sort of seemingly at will mm. uh, and things like that. So they can do things that the Time Lords can't do. Yeah, well, sort of and, like triggering a regeneration, of course. Yeah, but I mean, no, I mean, in terms of their technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in, te- I mean, because as far as we're concerned, I, I mean, pretty much the Time Lords are the, you know, the be all and end all of high technology, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so yeah. They the monks the monks have ability uh, have the ability to do things that even the Time Lords can't do. Mm. So I'd be interested to see how it, they explain their 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 advancedness, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that slightly irritated me in the criticism that I saw, although yeah. there's many valid criticisms to make of this episode, mm-hmm. um, one thing I thought was a bit maybe not useful was the thing, the thing that people were saying, well, the Doctor can just regenerate, so why is, you know, why why bother, not why bother about the eyesight, you know, why not explain that to Bill or something like that? But I feel like it doesn't that doesn't take into account that the Doctor has doesn't really want to regenerate Unless he has to, you see what yeah. I mean? That when we've seen this in the Tenant Doctor and the Eleventh Doctor and some of the other ones earlier, also, that obviously regeneration is entirely a crapshoot. Yeah, you don't know what you're going to get. I, I feel like it's a lot more of a bigger deal than people will. People who are criticising the episodes will say a lot. You'll see a lot of people go, "Well, why doesn't he just regenerate? It's not a problem. It mm. is a problem because he doesn't know what he's going to get. You don't know." like sort of the physical abilities of the person that's coming next and you that person does die yeah so although it's this you know the doctor still the 12th doctor ceases to exist so mm-hmm. he doesn't want to regenerate at all after the same way as anyone else will want to die so yeah you also got to take into consideration that maybe he just can't regenerate a tr- uh, trigger a regeneration at will it's not like like romana and destiny of the daleks like no. you've got no instance of like mary tams romana being in any sort of mortal peril that she has to regenerate she just seems to do it on a whim obviously of course you know this is back in the 70s and i think douglas adams wrote that sequence so the sort of canonicity of it is already pretty suspect but you know um the fact that you can have like the john sim master refuse to regenerate implies that some Time Lords may have a better control over the regeneration cycle than, say, the Doctor does. And I've even seen it sort of, like, theorised that when the Time Lords forced the second Doctor to regenerate, that kind of fucked up his regenerative process. I mean, obviously, going from first to second, that was just sort of basically old age, you know, Mm -hmm. and he he needed to sort of, like, renew himself as it was referred to back in Power of the Daleks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe he's the fact that the Time Lords put him on trial and like re- made him regenerate as penalty 
for the war games and uh, and everything before that, maybe yeah. that's effectively screwed his um, ability to regenerate at will if he even had that to begin yeah. with. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, you you can see like. You could say, like, well, you know, that you can't regenerate a will. And even if he could regenerate a will, would he necessarily want to? He, he'd yeah. think he would save it for a time when it would be more prudent to do so. Yes, exactly. Because, I mean, yes, he's lost his eyesight. And yes, that is scuppering him. But, you know, he, he still has some level of vision through the sonic sunglasses. It's not perfect. But he can still more or less do everything he can, even though he's still visually impaired. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's more of like a, of an inconvenience, and if you can get it fixed without having to regenerate, then great. Mm. But, you know, I think it would have to take something far, far worse. Like like I say, literal mortal peril for him to willingly regenerate. Mm. Exactly. Um, I want to just bring up a, a quick sort of point of order. We were talking last week about the pre- US presidential succession in uh, mm-hmm. oh, Doctor yes. Who. Yeah. yeah. So after a little bit of uh, of uh, fiddling around and mm-hmm. um, not research, uh, reading <laughs> <laughs> at all, um, we we missed out that uh, although we like you say we see Winters mm-hmm. uh, get uh, obliterated in the sound of drums. Yeah. Um, Later on, in oh end God, of time, end of time, yeah. there's an Obama-like. Yes, yeah, I, I remember that. Like after yeah. we finished recording, but it was like, well, I can't really sort of go back and like try and put it in and make it sound like we remembered, you know, because that would just be sort of disingenuous. But um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. There was an Obama-like uh, in end of time because obviously he turned into one of the masters. Um, yes. So I think that uh, you were right that the 2008 presidential election must have, the ticket must have been Winters, Winters Obama. Obama. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. So. Um, oh, when was when, Bill, when was Bill sound of drums? Well, I mean, it could, it could argue been set in sort of 2007. Yeah, because uh, I think I'm trying to remember. Was there some point? Where it was referred, like where the two thousand five series was set in two thousand six. I mean, it might have been like when um, when you had like Aliens of London, because the Doctor said you've been gone for a whole year. So arguably, that's then two thousand six. So everything yeah. is kind of like almost like a year on until we sort of get to Amy's companionship, where the date of a wedding is the date of the series five finale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, yeah, it was because the because um, the two thousand and five series was fucked up entirely mm-hmm. by a couple of misplaced missing persons flyers with dates on. Yeah. So they had to move the continuity forward a year to accommodate mm-hmm. for their cock up on that poster. Infamously, there's a lot been written about that. Um, not going to go into it now because it's long and <laughs> complicated, and I'd need notes. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think that oh, it's to, it's uh, that the two, or the twenty twelve uh, mm. election. Yeah, uh, so it's yeah. one of those two. So and Bill refers to the president as being. It's I, I still don't think it's meant to be Trump, but she says he's a bit more orange. Yeah, I, th- I mean I th- because I, th- I think I kind of know who she's talking about there. Yeah, I know, but I mean the person <laughs> who's in the Oval Office in extremis is nothing like him. So. Mm. Um, 
I don't know. It, how much you buy into it is up to you, I guess. I don't know. Mm. Um, so, um, so what else was I going to say? Oh, uh, we've got a mm. bit of um, feedback. Or anything else you want to say about hearing uh, the world? Or do you feel like... No, I don't think I think, I think it's anything else. I mean, more apart from more complaining about the bio lab. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because um, that we've was... Got a, yeah, it was. It was silly. It was it was it was messed up. I mean, um I'm sure there's some horrendously run labs in the in the world. Um, you know, I'm sure. But um yeah. Um Yeah. It was uh, it was just unconvincing. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Feedback. Feedback. Alright, it's our good mate Tony Boydell. Um, right, let me see if I can let me see if I can find his uh his feedback here. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Oh, mobile site. Why are you so... There it is. Right, okay, right. <laughs> All right, okay, so okay. Th- there was a comment and then um, yeah, uh, some articulation. Okay, so, oh dear, I really couldn't... I'm really sorry, but I couldn't make it to the end of the Pyramid episode. Turgid and, turgid and stupid in the extreme. In fact, Moffat has made me feel real anger at this nonsense. How bloody dare he do this? I still love you guys, though. Well, thanks, Tony. But then he can go... <laughs> He goes on and says, um, has some further clarification after this. Trying to put down in words what riled me so. Fish gaping aliens. Oh, of the monks. Um, Mm -hmm. Biochemist with a hangover nonsense. It took five minutes to say that the pyramid wasn't there yesterday when we saw the trail for it last week and they've been tweeting about it since. Exactly who didn't know it wasn't there yesterday. The UN chap consents because he's seen the apocalypse and they kill him because it's out of fear. How else is he supposed to react? Giggling fit. The guitar bit. I quite like the guitar bit. We must have spent two plus minutes of screen time watching the period entrance, opening and closing for no discernible benefit. The doctor is still blind and so many little inconsistencies, stupidities and liberties taken. If Moffat wasn't already going, I'd call for the candy floss head buffoon to be sacked. (laughs) Can you tell how really disappointed I am? One out of ten, and that's because I like pyramids as a geometric shape. Wow. Well, tell us what you really feel, Tony. I'm not sure you've made yourself clear there, mate. (laughs) Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. I'm not. I'm not as angry as as it as, it, as he is. Mm. Um, I don't think it's as bad as all of that. I think that there's. I quite like the design of the monks. I think their robes, mm-hmm. you know, and all that was nice. I like the. I quite like this consent of the. Sorry, the conceit of the pyramid being there. Yeah. Um, I just wish that they'd. Kind of, I feel like it's it's one of those scripts that could have done with that last pass over because I feel like that the the emphasis of the script wasn't quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that the say the emphasis should have been on the doctor trying to explain to people that this is just all theatre and this is obviously some flim flam, and it's it's not a pyramid scheme, although it should. Uh... <laughs> Um, it's it's like a mafia kind of protection racket job, and mm. okay, if people don't listen to him, that's what happens to the doctor. It happens occasionally, yeah, or more than occasionally. Um, oh, my phone's oh. ringing. All right, not, not the moment. Um, <laughs> I'll come back to it. Um, <laughs> uh, I've lost my train of thought. It, it, uh, yeah, it should. The emphasis of the script should have been a bit. Should have gone in a slightly different, gone stronger in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just feels a bit unfocused and the like the, the bit like Tony says the whole um, 
it, it just feels sort of half warmed over in that you have to the suspension of disbelief you, it requires mm-hmm. to believe that this is the stuff that happens in the lab um this is the start and, and this idea of consent which when you think about it, it uh, for a minute, more than a minute doesn't really work yeah so it just feels like a script that wasn't quite ready it needed another passover yeah and i think the circumstances like we said at the top of the show behind the scenes i think that really sort of hurt it yes i do i mean you know these <laughs> oh i've got i'm back you know, carry on um i mean these sort of uh, circumstances can't be helped you know yeah um, but I, I don't know. I kind of wish if they've found a way to like shuffle things around a little bit, just so pyramids like got bumped back a little bit further in the uh, recording uh, sequence, so they had time to go over it again and make a pass. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. It's definitely not as strong as it could have been. I think it could have been a lot better, but you know, like we say, we have to sort of like take it we as can, it we is. Can only, we can only judge it on what it is, and mm-hmm. you know, it might be that when you watch these three as a, as a chunk, go from extremist to lie of the land, it might be that this kind of fares better. But at the moment, we can, like you say, we're only judging it on what what's in there. Mm-hmm. So that's what we've got to do. So, what do you reckon, Mike? Oh. Hmm. I, I, God, I honestly don't know. To be perfectly honest, I'm, because, like I say, the whole fact of like the circumstances surrounding this episode hurting it. Can't, I can't like. I feel like if I give it a low score, that's not being like fair. Yeah. But I can't help four. But they they still put it on screen, so yeah. we have to. I, I, I yeah. said four. I think because. I mean, you've still got, you know, Peter Capaldi, even though, like, the 12th Doctor doesn't, like, fight his corner as well as he could have done, he's still really good. And, like you say, like, the the few good bits were, were good, but unfortunately, the, the whole just doesn't really live up to its predecessor, unfortunately. And that's, that's the problem when you've got, you know, these multiple-part stories is... You, you can't help but feel like this should have been at least on the level of extremists and it just isn't yeah it really it really isn't i mean i'm i'm probably gonna give it a five mm. um purely i mean like you say i mean because i liked some of the some of the design aspects really like they like say the pyramid and the monks i think that's cool mm-hmm. pick party pearl mackey and matt lucas were all great as they usually are mm-hmm. um and I like the whole butterfly effect idea in the script. Yeah. Um, you know, give me some time travel in my time travel show. I'm all about it. So mm-hmm. um, the, the whole idea of cause and effect I thought was cool. But yeah, I just think some other aspects of production let it down. I think it, they, it was obviously a bit cheap in places, which is, you know, fortunately something we don't have to say a lot about the series anymore. But um, but sadly, I think that was in effect in this one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, I think really the the main emphasis of the plot doesn't really work yeah um for me so yeah um i'm sort of i'm not like you know tearing my hair out at this point no. i'm interested to see i'm interested to see where they go with it with the lie of the land mm-hmm. um i i do just feel like this is a bit of a middle 
and I'm sort of hoping that it picks up again with Lie of the Land. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm sort of, before I write this off entirely, mm-hmm. you know, before it goes in sort of the bottom half of my um, my, my great Doctor Who listing, um, I'm sort of prepared to see how things pan out with it being the middle part of a trilogy. So I'm, yeah. I'm prepared to give it that much. Okay. Uh, so if you have any thoughts about the Pyramid of the End of the World, you can send them to us at our regular email address, greatestshow at simpsyndicated.com, to our Twitter account at greatestshowpod, and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash greatestshowpodcast. Whilst listening to us, feel free to check out our sister shows on the network, Simply Syndicated Movie News, Atomic Trivia War 9000, Masters of None, Do Ask, Do Tell, Bat Channel 66, Here Goes Nothing, Tech It or Leave It, The Seventh Chevron, the Little Pot of Horrors, Ray Guns and Go-Go Boots, Nerd Hurdles, Making Sense with Richard Smith, The Greatest Events in Sporting History, For Those About to Rock, Dangerously Unprepared, and Starbase 66. As always, we welcome your support, and the best way you can help us out is by subscribing to Simply Everything. For a monthly fee of just £6, you can enjoy a library of podcasts from the archives of Simply Syndicated, as well as episodes of the exclusive to Simply Everything shows Shaken Not Stirred, and the Rupert spin-offs Oh Boy and Trust No One. Simply Syndicated it also runs a merchandise store offering apparel and accessories to both Europe and America. You can also support the network through a monthly page on Patreon, or you can donate to the network through paypal.me, of which links to both are on the bottom of the website. So with that being said, thank you very much, Emma. Thank you, Mike. And until next time, take care and bye-bye.